This is the reality. Hello to you. Welcome to The Reality. My name's Dudley Anderson. So good to be with you once again talking about the reality of real life as found in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. Please find out more at our website, surereality.net, or email me, dudley, at surereality.net. The COVID-19 pandemic has probably been the most trying circumstance of this generation. Millions of people have lost their lives and lost loved ones to this virus. Countless folks have lost livelihoods and whole countries have suffered economic calamity. This has been a dreadful, debilitating catastrophe. Having suffered myself with COVID for two weeks, I know what it's like to be ill with this disease. It's been so much to endure. But we can only press on with the help of the Lord our God. Why do we suffer catastrophes like COVID-19? Why do trials come our way? How are we, as Christ followers, to behave in crisis? When we go through the furnace, where is God? Then Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. This is the great king of a great empire. He declared to his counselor, to the Chaldeans, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. He answered and he said, But I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. (laughs) I love this. Praise God. And the appearance of the fourth is like the sun of the gods. Join me today as I chat about the reality of going through the furnace. The reality is... He is in the furnace with you. Well, before we go any further, let's just acknowledge our time together in prayer and trust the Lord for his blessing. Thank you, Lord, that we can just gather to share around the word of God. And I pray that you just quicken it to us. God, together these lips, Lord, that your word will come to us unequivocally, Lord, and, 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 and accurately into our hearts and lives that we may apply it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Well, today I'm going to be talking about the big T. <laughs> trials. Trials and tribulations and temptations and testing. Then we love it when these things happen. When you have this pandemic that we've uh, been enduring has really taken us, hasn't it? It's, it's, it's knocked all of us worldwide. It's a dreadful thing. People have died. Many people have lost jobs feeling lonely and abandoned and neglected through this time. Man, it's been a time of trial for all of us. Like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in a fiery furnace. But it's in that furnace that we are refined like gold. Charles Spurgeon once said, As sure as God puts his children in the furnace, he will be in the furnace with them. (laughs) Isn't that good news? 1 Peter chapter 16, verse 7 reads, So that the testing of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested with fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor and at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The results of testing in our lives. Father, we pray that you just quicken this word to us. And I pray that you'd help us to understand the meaning, Lord, of testing and how we can trust in you, Lord, through every situation and trial 
of life in the name of Jesus. Amen. I used to work in an office uh, that looked out over a steel mill back in South Africa for a short time. Across the property boundary, there was a rail track, and rail carriages would line up on this track, and they would receive the dross from the steel mill uh, that resulted in the refining of the iron in, in the process of steel refinement. I used to watch as carriage after carriage was filled with disgusting, steamy, metallic sludge. The sludge that was skimmed off of the purified iron, which was being refined to produce smooth, shiny, stainless steel. The same process is used to refine gold. Gold, of course, being a metal. Gold is precious, and gold is very, very beautiful. However, most gold jewellery that we wear today is, is not pure gold. If it were, well, first of all, it would be very soft, and secondly, <laughs> very expensive. Most of it is mixed with other metals. So, for example, my uh, wedding ring is an 18-karat gold wedding ring, which means that out of 24 parts of metal in this ring, 18 parts are gold. The other parts of metal include the likes of silver, copper, nickel, iron, zinc, tin, manganese, cadmium, and titanium. <laughs> would you believe? All in that there little ring. Wow. When gold is purified, this mixture of this metal in this ring is heated up to a temperature of between 1,000 and 1,100 degrees Celsius. When this metallic mixture reaches this temperature, it melts. Obviously, it all melts. And in the furnace, the pure gold, because it is heavier, the pure gold uh, separates from the other metals in the, in, the, in the alloy, sinks to the bottom of the crucible. The impurities, all these other metals then will float and rise to the surface because they're lighter than gold. This that's on the surface is called the dross. The sludge is then skimmed off and discarded, leaving beautiful, precious 24 karat gold behind in the crucible. You, my friend, are precious and you are beautiful. You have deep hidden qualities that God rejoices over. He who is holy has called you to be beautiful and holy as he is holy. There's an old song that goes, Purify my heart, let me be as gold and precious silver, refine as fire. My heart's one desire is to be holy. And in my ring, the gold is not holy because it is contaminated. It is mixed with other metals and therefore it needs to go through a refining process to become holy, if you like. Only in the heat of God's furnace will you and I uh, have the dross of the old life rise to the surface of our lives that it may be skimmed off, revealing the beautiful, precious qualities of God's holiness within us. Trials and tribulations will come. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Count it all joy. <laughs> Don't you love this verse? Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith, the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and its steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect, listen, perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. In other words, that you may be holy as he is holy. Trials are part of life. COVID-19 is a trial that we're all going through. A massive trial for all of us. 
Trials test us. They refine us like gold in a furnace. Notice the results of testing. According to this verse, testing of your faith produces steadfastness. That means, it implies that before the trial, we're a little wavy, we're a little weak, we're a little mixed up like the alloys in this ring. And then it says, let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect, holy like he is holy, complete, hallelujah, having everything that we need for life and living, lacking in nothing. The Lord will provide our needs even through those trials. And out of those trials, we will gain, we will grow, we will have success and become more Christ-like, holy as he is holy. Trials, folks, are for our good. <laughs> I know it's a hard thought to think trials, difficulties can be good, but they are They're for our good because it says it produces perfection, completeness, and provision in our lives. So let's look at the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego for a few minutes. They were taken into captive uh, exile in Babylon when the people of, of, uh, of, of Judah, they were part of Judah, not Israel, there was two kingdoms, and the south, later on, Judah was taken by the Babylonians. And there were three captivities. In the beginning, uh, the young men and all the, the, the strong people and the wise people were taken to, um, to Babylon to form part of their culture there. They were taken into captivity in Babylon. Now, during this time, encouraged by the Chaldeans, Chaldeans is another word for the Babylonians, or the wise men of the east, they were the people that came, the three wise men that came to, well, the wise men, we don't know how many there were, they came to Jesus when he was born. They were Chaldeans, they were from the east. So these were the wise men uh, of Babylon uh, who formed the counselors, the court of the king. Now, they weren't very wise at this time, and they were a little um, conceited. They encouraged Nebuchadnezzar to build a golden image of himself and to erect it in the streets of, uh, of Babylon. And then to issue a decree that the people of Babylon would have to worship this image every time music was played. Let's read. Daniel chapter 3 tells the whole story, verses 4 to 5. And the herald proclaimed aloud, You are commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trigon, the harp, the bagpipe, and every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image, that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. So it was a decree for the people, and people complied, with the exception of the, the Jewish folk who were commanded in the law of Moses, commanded by God, not to worship any graven image, and not to worship anything but the Lord our God. The Lord our God is one, one God, and we worship one God and only him who is spirit and truth. These three men therefore refused to worship this golden image, and they were called out by the Chaldeans and accused before Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had a superheated fiery furnace um, stoked up that he would throw these three men into the fiery furnace for disobeying the decree. What a trial. Imagine that. Imagine just honoring God, just worshiping God and praying, and this happens around the world. People are thrown into prison. People are ostracized. They are tortured and even killed for doing what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did when they worshipped the living God. So it still happens, and still these trials exist. But imagine these three guys as they refuse to worship this golden image, and as the, 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 the police, if you like, the, the Chaldeans and the courts, 
arrested them, took them to Nebuchadnezzar, and they were sentenced to death by fiery furnace, a very superheated furnace. They were obedient to God, yet they were attacked for their obedience. Why? Is God vindictive? No. God was about to prove his holiness and refine these three men through the fiery furnace. Job was another one who was tested severely in the Bible. Job was a good man. He was very, very wealthy, and uh, he honored God. He worshipped God. But the devil came along to God one day and accused, like the Chaldeans did with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, accused Job before God and said, Hey, God, give me this guy, and I'll show you he will, he will curse you if, if you allow me to, to inflict harm upon him. And God agreed. God permitted it. Why? For Job's purification in the long run. Job was a good guy. Yes, he was. But if you read towards the end of, of the book, when he answers all, the, all these accusers, he says, I spoke of things that I knew not. So even Job admitted that there was, there was stuff in his life that he had wrong before God. And so he goes through this incredible tribulation, loses all his loved ones from, uh, with disease and all his cattle and all his sheep, everything that he has. He almost loses his own life. But the devil was not allowed, not permitted to take Job's life. So Job goes through a severe trial. In the end, he comes out victorious. What happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in that fiery furnace? They were given many chances to bow down to that, that graven image, but they refused to bow down. Listen, in Daniel chapter 3 from verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. They didn't even want to answer the king because, you know, it's always, it was all said and done. We shall not worship your golden image. We shall only worship the Lord, our God. And it says, verse 17, If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to listen, able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us. Notice their faith. He will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But, <laughs> but if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. God loves arrogant worship and submission to his name and his holiness and to his glory and to his purposes. So what happened next? We're going to take a little break. When we come back, we'll find out what happened. You're listening to The Reality, produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. We depend on the generous gifts of our listener to produce this program. You can help reach millions of folks with the sure reality of the message of Jesus by becoming a Sure Reality Vision Partner. To partner with us, please visit the website, surereality.net, and click on Become a Vision Partner. Thank you for joining us. You're listening to The Reality with me, Dudley Anderson, today talking about the reality of uh, God being with us in our situations in life, in our trials and tribulations. Like the Bible characters Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who faced certain death by a superheated furnace for simply worshipping their God, you may find yourself in a furnace today. Are you alone or is there someone with you? Let's find out more about facing the refining fire of tribulation today on The Reality as we continue to read from Daniel chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar ordered 
some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, and their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning fiery furnace. Because the king's order was so urgent and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning, fiery furnace, superheated furnace. Now, under natural circumstances, the guards who took them in died from the heat, just approaching the furnace, how hot it must have been. So if these guys landed up in that furnace, they would have been instantly incinerated. Then Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. This is the great king of a great empire. Rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, to the Chaldeans, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. He answered and he said, But I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. <laughs> I love this. Praise God. And the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. Now remember, Nebuchadnezzar was a, a pagan. He wasn't a Jewish god. Uh, worshipper. He wasn't like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel, or any other Jews. He worshipped pagan gods, and he sees another being in the furnace with these three guys, and he declares that it's it's a pagan god. It's a son of the gods. But of course, we know who it was, do we not? It was the pre-incarnate Christ. He's right there in the fiery furnace with them. Wow. Phenomenal. Charles Spurgeon, I quote again, said, as sure as God puts his children in the furnace, he will be in the furnace with them. So Jesus was with them in the furnace. Jesus is with you and me in our trials as well. When they were released, the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. As with Job, God blessed the latter days of their lives more than the former. So before their trial, they were okay. They had things. They were good. Job was rich. But after their trials, they were in a far better place, a promotion. Our trials lead to promotion, folks. This same God, the same Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, who was with them in that furnace, he is with you and me today in our trials, in our furnaces, as we are refined like gold. The Lord will not abandon you. He will not abandon you in that fiery furnace. The Greek word for counselor, which describes the Holy Spirit in the Bible, is the word paraclete. Paraclete means the one alongside. Now, if you know Jesus as Lord and Savior, if you've received Christ as Lord and Savior, you've given your heart to him, you've acknowledged his death and resurrection, confessing him as Lord and Savior, if that is you, if you've repented of your sin and given your heart to Christ and opened the door of your life and said, Lord, I'm yours, come into me and I'll live with you and you live with me, something supernatural happened. The Holy Spirit of God entered you. You were born again, born of the Spirit the Holy Spirit enters your spirit man, your inner man, and you become a new creation, a new creature, supernaturally conceived by the Holy Spirit. Your natural body continues as it was before, but your spiritual man becomes new. You become a new creation, a new person. He is your paraclete, your counselor, the one alongside you, always with you, always in every trial, every tribulation, 
every difficulty, when you have that motor accident, God forbid, when you fall on the road and break, break an ankle, when you, when you trip up in life, when you lose something or you lose a loved one, when things go wrong and finances crash, if you lose your job, whatever situation you might find yourself in, in COVID, losing a loved one to COVID, whatever you're facing, whatever I'm facing, know this, he is paraclete. He's in the furnace with you. He's with you. He's in you, literally. He's so close to you, he actually exists in your physical body. The scripture says, my body is the temple of paraclete, temple of the Holy Spirit. Know this, that Jesus is with you 24-7, 24 hours a day, every second of those hours, every day of the week, every week of the year, every year of your life, if you know him as Lord and Savior, he is by your side. Now listen, he who's with you is greater than anything you could ever face in this world and beyond. We don't have a lot of time left, but I want to read from Romans chapter 8, if I may, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Read the whole chapter. Please do this. Read the whole chapter. When you finish reading it, read it again <laughs> and then again. Let the word of God permeate into your heart and into your life. Listen from verse 31. What then shall we say to all these things? What then shall we say to COVID-19? If God is for us, who can be or what indeed can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? That's a promise. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is it who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Earlier on in the chapter, chapter 8, verse 1, it says, There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We are not condemned if you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. You have moved from condemnation into, into redemption as he has redeemed you. The law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Who is it who condemns? Nobody can condemn you. Because in Christ Jesus, who was raised from the dead and is seated at the right hand of God, you have an intercessor. He's your intercessor. He's your go-between. He's your advocate. He's your lawyer standing before God. And whenever the enemy comes and accuses you, like he did with Job before God, Jesus said, I took that punishment. I took those consequences upon myself for them. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, trials, tribulation, difficulty in life, Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor the present things, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing will separate you. Even that trial, even that fiery furnace, even that superheated COVID-19 furnace cannot separate us from God's love, God's provision in our lives, God's counsel, God's comfort, God's help. Thank you, Lord. We've seen Job's story that God 
uh, does not actually inflict the pain and the difficulty and the trial upon upon Job. It is the devil, Satan, who inflicts these difficulties. God allows, gives Satan permission to try the man of God, but God himself does not inflict illness and disease. Jesus says, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come to give you a life and life in abundance. Let's not blame God for difficulties. Let's, let's not curse God. Job was tested to see if he would curse God or blame God for his difficulties. His friends said to him, Job, get on with it. Just blame God for this trial and tribulation in your life and die. Get it over and done with. And Job said, no, because I cannot blame God. It's not God's fault. It was the devil, Satan, Lucifer, who brought the trial upon Job. It is the devil that brings difficulties into our lives. I don't believe that COVID-19 is from God. Perhaps the Lord has allowed it to <laughs> refine you, me, and the church at large, and I think there's a great refining taking place in the furnace of COVID-19 for the body of Christ worldwide. But this difficulty, this pain has not come from God. God does not instigate dis destruction or disease. He is the, he's the God of love and the God of life. These things are destructive. Nevertheless, God allows these things. And when he allows this trial and tribulation, we should consider it with pure joy because we know that we're going to come out better on the other side and we're going to come through it. Jesus himself faced a great trial in his life. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. And then it says in Hebrews chapter, chapter uh, 12, verse 2, that he looked through the cross. He looked beyond that wall, that barrier, and he saw himself on the other side of the cross, on the out of the side of the cross, victorious and risen from the dead. He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he, he went on to the glory of God. Let us look through our trials and tribulations, as Jesus did, and know that on the other side there is victory more than you could ever imagine. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God, let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you've brought us your word in Jesus' name. Lord, as we go through difficulties in life, Lord, when we're not going to we're not going to depend upon our strength and our wisdom and our capabilities to overcome. Lord, as Paul said, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Your grace is sufficient. Grace is God's doing. Let God's grace get you through this. I pray now in the name of Jesus, Lord, for strength. I pray for submission arrogant submission like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego submitting to the will, the purposes, the word of God. Father, when the tribulations come, Lord, we want to put our trust in you and our confidence that you're not only going to get us through the difficulty, thank you for that, but we're going to come out better on the other side, come out victorious, come out gaining in life in every way, every way thinkable. Bless my friend right now in the name of Jesus. Meet those needs, Lord. Heal the sick. I pray for every disease, every sickness, Lord. I claim a healing touch now in the name of Jesus. By the wounds of Christ, we have been healed. For anybody facing financial difficulty, Lord, I declare the word of God that he will provide all your needs, all your needs. He will provide all your needs according to his glorious riches in Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody facing um, or, or battling with, with anxiety, depression, or fears right now. I chase them away. I rebuke them in the name of Jesus. Father God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. We have the garment of praise instead of a spirit of de despair or a low mood. 
Amen. We have a garment of praise in the name of Jesus. Put it on, put it on tonight. Instead of depression, we put on your praises, Lord. We say, hallelujah, you reign. Praise your name. Thank you, Lord, for our time together tonight. Thank you for this word. And I pray that you'd quicken it, activate it by the, the fellowship of your spirit in our hearts and our lives. In the sovereign name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You've been listening to The Reality, presented by me, Dudley Anderson. If you'd like to know more, perhaps you have some questions, or maybe you'd like some prayer, I would love to receive an email from you. Do write to me, Dudley, at surereality.net. If you require some prayer, I'd like to stand with you in agreement. It's Dudley at surereality.net. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. You can help us produce these radio programs by partnering with us. Become a vision partner by clicking on Become a Vision Partner at the website surereality.net. From me, Dudley, to you as always, keep your eyes on Jesus. God bless.